Howdy, Juliet. Hello. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Narrative Distance here in Unsafe Space. Today is Halloween. Yeah. Monday, October 31st. Um, how you doing, Juliet? You good? Doing great. Been a busy day yeah. so far. Nice. Nice. Uh, do you do do you have any children in your life that you get to Steal candy from slash. Oh yeah, with. I have twin five-year-old nieces that are already jacked up on sugar, and nice. just getting more and more excited because it's almost that time. <laughs> it's been a day, yeah. Here, I'm gonna do some magic. Ready? Oh, there we go. <laughs> nice. If I put you on this side, you're closer to the camera, so I can look at your face in the camera. Oh, smart. Um, at the same time or closer. Uh, yeah. For those of you who are new, welcome. Uh, this is a show we do every Monday where we talk about the mainstream propaganda stories that we are not hearing about that we should, or also stories that we're hearing about, uh, but in a, I don't know, we'll say slightly biased slash completely made up fashion. Yeah. Uh, we usually have a, uh, guests panelists but today we're just going to fly solo again we did it last week it actually turned out pretty well we're going to do it again it's halloween we've got a bunch of stuff we want to talk about so we're just gonna we're just gonna do that if you want to support the show you can uh support this show and everything else on unsafe space at unsafespace.com where you will find writing videos maybe that's the totality of the content oh audio <laughs> audio podcasts it's all there I was trying to think of other sense data. There's no scratch and sniff at unsafespace.com, but there's audio, visual, and written. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm in a mood today. By the way, uh, this is a Project Veritas hat, um, but I'm wearing it today because A, dead birds is a good Halloween thing, but B, uh, I, I feel like it's, you know, Twitter is dead, long live Twitter. Uh, right. I hope. So yeah. we'll see. Uh, oh, and yesterday, in case you missed it, Juliet hosted book club. How did your book club go? I missed it. I think it went really well. We had an interesting conversation. Um, it, you know, it's an easy book to talk about, and it's definitely a thinker. We had different takes on it, which is fun for a book club. Um, we had yeah. one wonderful British gentleman who was kind of floored that none of us knew about Dresden until we read that book. <laughs> so we talked sure, about that well, a little bit we don't talk about it in america at all right no. the, the book she's talking about everyone is slaughterhouse five um but yeah i um i knew something vaguely about it but i did have to go after reading the book i had I did, or while reading the book i had to stop and go wait a minute like is there more to this and there was more to it than i thought i was like i know it was bombed but right was that a big deal and like, I guess the answer was yes. It was a very big deal, and uh, yeah. I, I didn't realize that either. So, 
Um, it was also a funny book. I liked. I liked that it, it was. Is, isn't it? Like I find it, it semi-hilarious yeah. at parts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, glad that happened. Uh, what do we got coming up this week? Rebel Civics Wednesday at nine a.m. Dangerous Thoughts usually Wednesdays at five. There is going to be one this week. So, and then occasional levity. Who, who do you have this week on occasional levity on Friday? Paul. Your friend Paul, who's in the chat oh. right now. Hi, Paul. Join him. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be a good show. All right. Let's jump into some stuff. All right. Um, what do you want to start? What do you want to start with? There's a good, I got like a couple things I definitely want to talk about, but other than that, I'm pretty. Okay. Sober. Um. Well, I'll start with a follow up. It's pretty simple and sweet from last week so last week i mentioned briefly that boston university was doing gain of function research on the coronavirus mm. and then after the show nih came out and was like we had no idea that that's what they were doing when we sent them the samples okay fine whatever so then, since then, it's come out that labs in the UK were doing the same exact thing, inserting the Omicron spike protein into the original Wuhan strain. So the most deadly strain Lovely. and the most virulent form of it, right? It sounds like a great idea and something we should definitely be doing. Mm. Well, if that's not bad enough, um, the government lab in Bethesda, Maryland, is now doing gain of function research on the monkeypox, making it. Oh, that's maybe they could put the Omicron spike protein in there. Why? What would happen? <laughs> and the, the yeah. part of this that drives me up the wall is during the Obama administration, the same lab was doing gain of function research on something, and it's all still pretty classified, but there are a couple documents that have come out. Basically, there was some kind of whoops-a-daisy in the lab. A report made it to Obama's desk, and he absolutely freaked out, shut it all down. He was like, we can't be doing this kind of thing in Bethesda, which for those that aren't from this area, it's right outside D.C. And it's we, heavily that, right. populated. They could do it in, in red states. That would be okay with them, but not right outside D.C. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I'm <laughs> one the of problem. these, like, if you want to do crazy mad scientist experiments that could, like, wipe out half of humanity, do it in the Arctic somewhere. Yeah. I Well, I don't actually think the government should be doing any of this. Um, yeah, it, but Definitely. Uh, I could see there's probably a scientific reason. I know as crazy as it might sound, there's probably a decent exploratory and even possibly preventative scientific reason to stick the Omicron spike protein into the original variant. Like that's there's probably reason to do that. And mm -hmm. you could, if you're a biologist, you could probably make a reason for what you know, make an argument, and I would go, oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, but. Uh, it is the kind of thing you ought to be careful with. And maybe not just funding willy-nilly. I don't want my tax dollars funding this stuff willy-nilly. Um, no. Because I, also there's no liability here. Right. Right. It's like when it happens in a government research lab and like I, I love that you called it an oopsie. Oopsie. <laughs> uh, like <laughs> who do you – no one gets in trouble. There's mm -hmm. no accountability. Uh, if you were to do that in your house, 
I assume you would go to jail if it got out and be fined heavily and possibly uh, who knows you would go to jail right <laughs> would be, who you knows would what you would be charged with manslaughter at least right mm -hmm. uh, but mass manslaughter so well and then, uh, you know, government officials never get they don't get charged absolutely and the, the i think one of the <laughs> not funny but funny to me aspects of this is that lab leaks are self-reported and then they might come in and check on how you're handling everything so it's kind of not in your best interest as like you know if there was a mistake and nothing bad happened it's really not in your best interest to report on yourself because then they're going to come and yeah. fine tooth comb your lab so that sounds like a terrible system for <laughs> preventing lab leaks i remember reading something like a year ago about uh maybe it was two years ago it was when the wuhan lab was in the news um uh -huh. about how surprisingly common leaks are even from level three or four or whatever labs are like it's not yes it's not unheard of this is not like it never happens it definitely happens oh, oh it happens with a alarming frequency mm -hmm. yeah i like the antarctic idea uh or I'm mars spread. The moon, whatever somewhere <laughs> right. just go somewhere like put it there was a there was a, a really bad netflix series called the 100 which i think was made for 13 year old girls uh -huh. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, cause it's, it's one of those things where like the adults are all retards and the third in like, if, if they only listened to the kids and, and it, it appeals to the, to female vanity in, a, uh -huh. in an excellent way. But, uh -huh. um, it, there's a, my daughter's watching it, which is why I know, uh, there's a, uh, <laughs> someone had an AI in this series at one point and they, they moved it to, um, this doesn't make any sense because an AI can presumably try travel across radio waves, but they moved it to space to isolate it from Earth because they were concerned about uh, the AI like infecting the internet and doing all this other mm -hmm. stuff. That's not a bad idea for a lot of actual viruses. Like, like <laughs> oh, you know what? If you want to have a space station, maybe that's a thing to do. The stuff that if it gets out of control kills us all maybe keep that yeah away. yeah or you know just not be mad scientists and let's just stop messing with it. i just i understand that maybe there is a benefit if nothing goes wrong but the risk is to me just not worth the reward it's also, yeah. I, I mean, long before any of the pandemic stuff, I've always had like the heebie-jeebies about contagious things. So, you know, playing with them in a lab and potentially spreading it everywhere is just gross to me. Mm. <laughs> well, it's it's for your own good. Yeah. yeah well, isn't it all? <laughs> Someone says it's like CERN, oopsie, black holes. I would agree with that, except for I think if there's a mistake with a black hole, there's nowhere in the solar system they could be where it wouldn't fuck us royally. So uh, hopefully we sure. won't even know. We'll <laughs> yeah, that's one of those like if that screws up, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. You were also talking about uh, well, on the COVID vein, you have a couple other things on the list. Do you want to 
walk uh, through those as well? Because yes. there's definitely been a narrative shift going on. There has. Let me get to it here. So one of them is uh, the Senate committee has said now that it is more likely than not that the like COVID was a lab related incident. So that's a that's a that's not a minor narrative shift. That's a huge admission, I guess. But like a year ago, this would have made me happy. The I told you so moment. But now it just makes me very mad. Well, because they had to wait for it to sufficiently exit the mm -hmm. the memory, the buffered size of the average American so that like they don't they don't remember two years ago. Oh, oh, that was that was something that was considered practically domestic terrorism level misinformation that you, you were getting banned <laughs> for saying. Yeah, oh. look how many people were like lost their entire platform just for yeah. I mean, alleging this, uh, Zero Hedge, they were off Twitter for a long time oh, for yeah, drawing this connection Hedge. at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, they, they got back on. I don't know if they are. I'm not allowed on Twitter yet. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> One of our bands might have been for something like that, because I remember doing a video about, like, hey, here's this lab 800 meters away from this other spot, and, like, here's this funky stuff going on with this doctor who's mm. no one can find anymore and blah blah, blah. like I remember all, I don't remember the details but I remember exploring it and I think I remember getting in trouble for it um oh I'm yeah. sure you did <laughs> that's that's such a narrative shift it's it's like oh if you said this thing was a possibility in 2019 or 2020 we'll say mm -hmm. 2020 if you said this thing was a possibility in 2020 you were basically you were a crazy person slash retard slash domestic terrorist. And now, oh, yeah, that thing the crazy retard domestic terrorist said that we banned him for, that turned out, that's true. Sorry about that. Yeah. Right. But there's no sorry about that. It's just, oh, that's true. We never, I don't, rem I don't recall us banning anyone over that. Right, right. And speaking of not saying sorry for anything, the Atlantic published a piece today by Emily Oster. Here, I'll, I'll Oster? share it. Um, yeah, sure. There we go. Okay. Yeah, very <laughs> Turn it on. The screw says, the science changed, Carter. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah the, the, the science changed, except for we're talking about an incident that happened prior to all of this. So it was an investigation. Right. It was, and some people were like, "Hey, the guy holding the knife with the blood trail to his house might be the one responsible." And the entire media was like, "No, it definitely wasn't him. That's misinformation." <laughs> right. <laughs> Ugh, these people. Okay. You should have the ability to share now. Are you logged into? I didn't yet? log in yet that way. Okay, Sorry. I'll add it on. There we go. <laughs> it, was a, it was a day. Okay, so look at this. Let's declare a pandemic pandemic amnesty. We need to forgive one another for what we did and said when we were in the Fuck dark. Fuck you, Emily. Yes, Fuck absolutely. You. <laughs> oh, oh, we need to forgive you for vilifying people, taking their jobs, destroying their businesses, <laughs> kicking them off of social media. We should forgive you because you were in the dark 
Um, it's one of these long Atlantic things where they like to hear themselves talk. Uh, some of those cho these choices turned out better than others. Um, the health risk of in-school spread were relatively low, whereas the cost to the students' well-being and educational progress were high. You don't say. You think? <laughs> Wait, uh, if only someone had warned you about that. Right. It's almost like you should have at least let us talk about it out loud with each other so that, you know, there was actually a discussion, not just one side. Um, oh, another example. YouTube were reading directly from an article here <laughs> when the vaccines came out. <laughs> it's an out. Atlantic article, YouTube. They're part of the cathedral. <laughs> right. Right. They're, your They're on your side. Okay, when the vaccines came out, we lacked definitive data on the relative efficacies of the Johnson & Johnson shot versus the mRNA options from Pfizer and Moderna. The I MRNA, thought we knew that everything was great. I'm, I, I forgot that. 100% yeah. effective, right? Yeah, that's what I thought we knew. I thought that was the science. <laughs> Sorry, go right. ahead. Uh, the mRNA vaccines have won out, but at the time, many people in public health were either neutral or expressed a J&J &J preference. This misstep wasn't nefarious. It was the result of uncertainty. Obviously, some people intended to mislead and made wildly irresponsible claims. Remember when the public health community had to spend a lot of time and resources urging Americans not to inject themselves with bleach? Nobody did that. Nobody did that. That didn't happen. I remember when the public health community pretended that they needed to spend a lot of time and resources doing that. <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh. Given the amount of uncertainty, almost every position was taken on every topic. And on every topic, someone was eventually proved right. And someone else was proved wrong. In some instances, the right people were right for the wrong reasons. Oh. So even if we were right all along, it was for the wrong reasons. Yeah, it was for the wrong reasons. I think it was because you're a, a hateful, xenophobic bigot. Yes. Yes. That's probably. Mm -hmm. And I hate reasons. children and old people and grandmas. But yeah, mm -hmm. guys, I, uh, I recommend only reading this nonsense if you're in a healthy state of mind because it's <laughs> infuriating. All right, so. I'm going to say something. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm going to stop prefacing shit. Okay, here's, here's something that I have observed that I'm not 100% sure is true, but I think so, and I've started to notice this. Um, okay, I will preface it by an own, my personal thing. None of us are perfect. We all make mistakes in our lives. Um, when I make a mistake and realize it, uh, I typically try to, to A, admit it. So let's say I was on the side of the Atlantic two years ago. I would have, look, I am sorry for shutting down debate. Mm -hmm. That was wrong of me. I shouldn't have shut down debate. Uh, the free speech is very important. And we didn't really have all the data. I jumped on the bandwagon. I had, there was peer pressure to disagree with this. Uh, I was treating science like a religion. Thus, I was treating Fauci like a religious figure, uh, a divinely inspired religious figure. I apologize. My The policies that I advocated for led to a massive transfer of wealth to Amazon. It hurt small businesses. It hurt middle America. Uh, I mean, like um, middle class America. It hurt um, kids. 
and they're going to have to deal with those consequences forever. It also expanded the power and scope of government. All those things I did were wrong, and I'm sorry. How can I make it up to you? I'm From now on, when I write for The Atlantic, I will be writing about free speech issues, and I'll be an advocate for not doing this stuff in the past. I've changed my ways. Like, that's how you do it. Right. You take ownership. You say you caused the problem. Um, and then you work to fix what you caused the problem. Like you work to fix it, right? Um, right. You work well, to make restitution. That's a, what an honest person would do that really was genuinely like believed one thing and realized they're wrong. That's what the correct way to do it is. Yeah, but every time I see, I've seen this, I think every time I've seen this, every time I've seen someone say, actually people from the right and the left for anything, when they say, well, we should we should like forgive each other and move on that's usually that's usually the demon person saying it right the angel never says it the angel's never like we should forgive each other and move on the angel's like it's my fault blah 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 and if they made a mistake right, right. but it's the demon who's always like we should just forgive each other. It's it, And the reason that's what they're saying is they want to be forgiven. And so she'll point out a couple, well, some people did these bad things on the other side. So, with, hey, six to one, half a dozen the other, we're, let's just call it and move on, shall we? I'm going to keep writing my shit in the Atlantic for the rest of my life. It, mm -hmm. it is unconscionable, and I hate it, and we don't hold people accountable for their views. And if you spent time advocating crappy views for years mm -hmm. or a couple of years, whatever this was, like – and you own those consequences morally and we should not for like, I don't, I won't forgive this because she didn't ask for forgiveness. She asked to move on. That's not the same thing. Right. We should not move on. This is like your jail. It's like a, it's like an abusive spouse who beats the crap out of you and comes home and doesn't even have flowers. And it's like, well, you said some things, some punches <laughs> were thrown. Let's move on. Right. Water under the bridge. Yeah, yeah no. Oh, oh. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> I, this one gets me riled. Yeah, it's infuriating it to be, I mean, literally like othered for years just for questioning things, basic logic. Like, hey, there's this crazy thing that just happened in China, and there's also a level four biolab right there. Is it possible? Studying the exact thing with the world right. renowned expert on that thing right, right there who's suddenly missing. These are unrealistic questions to ask. And as we say, and there's frequently. an authoritarian regime, by the way, right. <laughs> right. like we always say this. So like you, you know, something's wrong when you're not allowed to ask questions. You should yes. be allowed to ask questions because there should be answers to those questions. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I don't think I am, I, I, I've been too nice in the past. I think often, well, I don't I don't think we should forgive people who do like this is not a forg like to forgive someone they need to they need to a actively take ownership and b really make a concerted effort to make restitution. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean a true apology, you admit what you did wrong and then promise not to do that anymore. And usually you make restitution. Like if mm -hmm. I hit your car, I wouldn't just be like, "Oh, sorry." I would be <laughs> right. all, I'd also be like not not only will I not hit your car in the future, here's some money for the damage I did to your car. <laughs> like that's part of right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um our friend, your friend, Paul. I don't know if he's my friend. He's um, everyone's friend. 
<laughs> he says the science changes based on whom is funding it. Yeah, that mm -hmm. is that is correct. Um, I've brought I bring this up a lot, but the Alex Epstein's knowledge system is a really good mm -hmm. uh, concept to have in your head about how scientific data percolates down to the population through uh, experts and advocates and eventually the Atlantic and whatever. <laughs> like right. it's uh, it, it's not science. Nothing you hear on mainstream media is science. It's not that's not the science. Those are conclusions from advocates working for someone who works for someone who works for or is related to or knows someone who heard it from someone blah, 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 who is eventually the scientist at the end of that chain. Right. Right, which, you know, I think a lot of people just really don't understand any of that, but they yeah. should. All right, I'll end the COVID segment on with a white pill. Speaking of restitution. Wait, I have one more COVID black oh. pill. Okay, not a black, black pill. pill first. I, it's not really a black pill. It's just another frustration. I, there was another narrative shift I saw also. Ooh. Did you see the narrative shift to it turns out that we're going to have, we're going to be more sick this winter because our immune systems were depressed because we were slathering antibacterial hand gel on ourselves and wearing masks and isolating for a year. What? <laughs> mm -hmm. That's now on mainstream. That's like on like NPR and mainstream leftist stuff. Like no way. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, we're going to have a harder. It's going to be. And I, I vaguely remember people talking about that too. Yeah. And it's actually, it's something I've been noticing just on random podcasts I listen to. Everyone is always sick. Everyone mm. is always sick. I, I keep hearing, you know, sorry about my voice this week. I got another cold. Well, yeah. Gee, yeah. oh my gosh. These people. I just like Monty <laughs> Python, so I had to throw G-Band's comment up. <laughs> it's not bigger and argue about ooh, killed ooh. <laughs> great. <laughs> <sighs> All right, let's like lower our blood pressure here. The white, yes. pill. white pill us, white pill okay. us. New York Supreme Court reinstates unvaccinated employees with back pay. Judge Ooh. says it was about compliance, not public health. Hmm. You don't think, huh? Yeah. Who would have thought it was about compliance? Oh, if only someone had been saying that too. If only. Someone said, hey, this is about expansion of government power and compliance, and this is an authoritarian move. It's a power grab. It's really a shame that the mainstream media couldn't find anyone who with these prescient opinions about what would happen. What was going on. <laughs> oh, and um, I don't have the thing pulled up. I'll find it for when we post links in the description, but uh, Italy... Italy has just decided to rehire all their unvaccinated doctors and nurses. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, getting a medical degree and then having experience as a doctor is not an easy shoe to fill if you're just going to fire them for like, it's, you know, <laughs> it's hard to replace those people. Right. You can't just be like, well, my, my leftist cousin who's an AOC supporter, uh, he could take over. I'm like, no, that doesn't. <laughs> well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As it turns out, the people that worked that whole time before there was anything, any treatment or vaccination, they worked. They they should have still been allowed to work. <laughs> it would have been fine. Shocking. I don't know what the what was the the well that was just compliance too though, right? Because mm -hmm. it was like well, 
what? We're not going to let you work because you might get sick. Well, that's my own problem then, right? Right. <sighs> but it's interesting timing. All of what this makes coming it out. Timing to you? Uh, midterms for you oh, know midterms? the U.S. Like okay. there's a lot of shifting of it, like casually admitting a lot of things that are obviously true were true. You know, very in a gentle way, like, well, we couldn't have known, but it turns out, yeah, that so that's interesting because that's a big thing for a lot of people. It's mm, a lot of people didn't stuff. like that the way it was handled, so, yeah. Um, so they're trying so, to d distance themselves from, uh, -huh. uh, yeah, from that. I I think we couldn't have known is is spoken way too often, absolutely. <laughs> right. Well, that and um, we're heading into real cold weather for especially, you know, mm. the East Coast. It's the end of October heading into November. So we're hitting cold and flu season in the next few weeks here. So it's just interesting to me because, what I mean, if we all keep doing the same things we've been forced to do for the past two years, everybody's just going to be testing and taking a week off work left and right. And I think they're kind of prepping for, you don't need to do any of that anymore. It's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, I guess this is COVID related too. You're reminding me, did you see the Foxconn news in China? No. Uh, do you know who Foxconn is? Uh-uh. Foxconn is uh, the largest manufacturer of Apple iPhones. Like, they're, they're yeah. Apple's main supplier. They do all uh -oh, Apple okay. stuff. Uh, it's Foxconn. They're huge. They're one of the, like, they're one of the, the largest employers. <laughs> um, they're, there's video of their, like, entire plant people leaving, like, jumping fences and to, and to walk home and leave and, and, like, get out of the jurisdiction because they're tired of the covid restrictions oh, wow. that they're being forced in. and they're just abandoning foxconn oh. and, and foxconn's like wait wait we'll make the uh, we'll give you extra pay blah, blah blah but there's like because she is um uh i almost called him emperor she because she is uh really his ego is tied up and with the zero covid policy there's all this like real draconian stuff and and these workers now you got to imagine like these are these are people for whom according to the news $14 a day bonus was like a huge deal and would like give them 50% more pay over the course of a month or something like mm -hmm. so not getting paid a lot these are not uh you know super comfy first world type jobs and and people in first world situations these are people who probably where they get their food matters like it's a, it's an issue to them to be able to eat and 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 have some you know decent level of existence and right. still they're just like screw these and <laughs> screw this crap and they're like running out of foxconn hopping fences and like like going on these treks on foot to get the hell out of the jurisdiction of the province or whatever get back to their home mm -hmm. provinces oh geez yeah so wow. even even the chinese who are I think used to being subjects of an authoritarian ruler are absolutely screw this. This is too much for us. By the way, Ron Green won. Uh, first of all, you win the prize for being the only person on the Rumble chat. We're trying to get people to move to Rumble. <laughs> 
I know it's it's a uphill battle. And Ron I Green is always, appreciate the people on YouTube. Always but, in Rumble. I love it. <laughs> Ron you, Green Ron. one, you are in Rumble. Thank you, Ron Green one. He says, does this mean that we will see a reduction in Democrat population when the weather gets cold? There are less dope dealers on the street. Oh, I don't know. Well, be like maybe they'll get sick because they're the ones who've been most isolated and have the most depressed immune systems. Probably, possibly. Yeah. But if that happens, um, it will be a sign that the white male patriarchy is once again oppressing the minorities. Absolutely. I'm yeah. sorry, the marginalized. <laughs> so, brace yourself for that. Uh. Trigger warnings making an apology that's not necessary. So I'm not even going to read it. Uh, don't worry about it. Trigger warning. Okay. All right. Do you have, did you want to move off of COVID? Yeah, we can move off of COVID. Okay. Um, can we talk about Twitter in one form or another? Yes. Let's first talk about what's going on with Twitter. Um, Elon now has full control. Uh-huh. Uh, he fired the board. He's the only, he's the sole board member. He mocked, uh, I think last, late last week, he was mocking HR, uh, for an automated uh -huh. email that he got sending him to a mandatory management class. Now that he was part of management. Uh, that's hilarious. He, <laughs> yeah. He was, he was mocking that. Um, he also made some comment that there's 10 managers for every coder. Uh, he, I guess today, earlier today, made some ultimatum about changing the way the blue check thing works. Twitter blue works. <laughs> and they have like a month to do it or they're going to get fired. He's, he's you know, mm -hmm. he, he's hard. I think that's funny. Honestly, there's going to be a major meltdown. There will be a lot of tears when yeah. these people lose their blue check marks or have to pay for them. Oh, look at this. We have a whole bunch of other people jumped into Rumble after. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Someone says, do we have to say something? We're here. That was enough. That's good. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Gene says, the only problem with Rumble is it lags even more than YouTube for me. Yeah, look, technologically, YouTube is superior. Uh, the problem is YouTube seems to have a problem cutting out whenever you talk about anything that's... And when I say cutting out, I mean getting you banned whenever you talk about anything that's not a <laughs> There's a there's a glitch in the system where if you say something that's wrong, think, you know, you right. your account gets thrown into a lottery, which might get it deleted. Um, yeah. So you have you had other Twitter stuff though, I think. Yeah. I have a bigger Twitter thing. Um, you do yours. His mine mine is uh. All right. Do you know you know Curtis Yarvin? No. Um. How would you know him? Mencius Mulbug? Do you know that? Do you know that name at all? Uh -uh. He's a he's a pretty well known guy on the right who is, um, I will say, a extremely smart uh, and knows history really well. He's got a really good understanding of history, um, but b completely unconventional in his approach to stuff. And sometimes I read him and I'm like, this is spot on. Like the guy really, he's thinking on a level that's really interesting. Um, <laughs> there are certainly things I disagree with. Like, I think he's a monarchist or a neo-monarchist. He thinks we should have a king. 
Um, (laughs) But he runs the Gray Mirror is his sub stack. And um, he had a really – I totally recommend this article. It was a really interesting article about Twitter. Um, Let me see if I can share this. Hold on. I'm like I won't I won't read the whole article, but I I do want to go through the I just want to talk about generally what this is about. It's called Twitter should be in the truth business, and he starts out by making this distinction between discourse and truth, which is quite important to make. Right, discourse is people talking about stuff, right? But uh-huh. truth doesn't necessarily correlate to what the most popular thing is in discourse, right? Like those aren't the same thing, right? Um. And his argument here is he uses an interesting, and it sounds like an analogy that I would use. He, use, he, he says discourse is to truth as coca leaf is to cocaine. <laughs> sure, it can make a Peruvian peasant work all day in the sun for, at 10,000 feet, but no one ever did a line of minced coca leaf. You got to refine that shit. So <laughs> that's the way he writes. But um, so he makes this distinction between truth and discourse. And then he talks about Twitter's options. And uh, he basically says there's there's basically three options that Twitter could do. They could ignore the truth, which is kind of the typical free speech thing. Like we're going to let people sort it out, whatever. We're going to take down stuff that's illegal, right? Um, uh-huh. But other than that, we're going to let people sort it out. They can ignore the truth. They can outsource the truth. Now, that's what Facebook does with their – like, oh, well, we have a misinformation group or whatever that's not related to Facebook right. that's external, and they tell us what's true and what's not true. Um, unfortunately, it looked like Elon was kind of moving in that direction early on. He, he announced he's going to have some kind of committee. Uh-huh. Um, but who knows? Maybe it's going to be an internal thing. Or they could insource the truth, which means deciding for themselves what's true. Um, <laughs> now, he is not suggesting that they ban untruth, but nearly, merely that they label untruth misinformation. Okay. Um, and and he proposes that they are open about it. Mm-hmm. And well, l- let me let me explain why he he says the first two are not worth doing. Okay. Obviously, outsourcing the truth, you get um, you're going to get the whatever's in the mainstream. You're going to get the product of mainstream discourse as the truth, mm-hmm. right? And so that's not what is the truth. You're going to end up with the same problem that Facebook does. So that obviously seems like a problem. Outsourcing the truth is a problem. Ignoring the truth, he argues, is a problem, and I think it's a valid argument that he makes, which is, um, again, uh, when you ignore the truth, you're letting uh, whatever is popular on your platform bubble up to be the de facto truth. People will act on it as if it's true, right? but of course, it's not necessarily true at all, Um, and so, again, you will end up, in the long run, just reflecting mainstream culture, and he makes a point. That look, mainstream culture is the the progressive. It, it's progressivism. It's like social justice and progressivism and mm-hmm. open change and blah blah blah. That's mainstream culture. So if you outsource or if you ignore it, you will by default end up back where you are, back where everyone hates, which is or at least we hate, which is this this progressive cesspool of right information. So then mm-hmm. he's like, well, now so you have to insource it. Um. And he makes this really interesting argument about um, he, he he outlines an entire um, let's see if I can ignoring hold on insourcing he outlines this entire thing imagine a sort of Twitter court 
that had the intellectual firepower and confidence to decide any matter of right and wrong, much as a real court can, was COVID lab leak. Was Shakespeare <laughs> Oxford? Uh, did FDR have prior knowledge of Pearl Harbor? Could UFOs be real? Does amyloid cause arthritis or Alzheimer's? Is Hunter's laptop authentic? So on, right? So he mm-hmm. and and he's you know he explains forget how truth the truth engine works. Imagine that it does work, and he goes into this thing and says, imagine that you have a truth engine that does work in some way. His argument is that over time, mainstream publications like New York Times and uh, CNN, well, they've already lost credibility, but mainstream publications, they, they're trading on credibility, but it's um, it's only popular credibility. And when someone sees that your credibility is based on actual transparent truth, like they understand like, oh, this is the process and this is what they're deeming is true and not, you gain massive right. credibility much faster than anyone else. Um, okay. And his argument is like, look, at the end of the day, there has to be one person in charge, but obviously that doesn't scale. So that's why you need a system. Like it, it wouldn't scale for Elon to say that's true and that's not true. Right. But right. it would if he builds a system. So he proposes this whole system, which I won't get into about courts and like people on either side submitting briefs and having a, a mechanism for and then and then having reports about why this is Twitter's position. So if you took one, you would say, like, what was one of the ones we mentioned um, here? Well, well, the one we just talked about was COVID a lab leak, right? Mm-hmm. So they would they would explore this. They would hear both sides, and they would produce a paper, a position paper that was like, this is – we're going to label stuff misinformation if it – based on this criteria. This is, you know, this is what we think about this particular topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and he argues that it should – be very slow like maybe you only do one a quarter at the beginning until as you start to you know so like it's mostly free for all at the beginning and you just pick a topic and you're like okay that's the one we're going to debate this topic we're going to have pros and cons and advocates come in and we're going to rule and that's the rule and it's public and this is what it is and we all know this is what was considered this is what we consider misinformation and this is what we don't around this topic this is what we decided is true and i guess you could go revisit it if if information changes but um, again, I don't want to get into the details of exactly how he's, right. and whether his mechanism would work, but I think what was really interesting to me here was this idea that, um, you know, we, we tend to think that, well, we don't want the social media platform deciding what's true or not. Uh-huh. Um, but we also don't want mainstream feelings. Basically, we don't want the mob deciding what's true or not either. Right. Which is what we get, uh, which is what we get if they don't choose. And it seems almost like it would be better to have someone who was transparent and had a process that you could see. This is what the process is. Um, mm-hmm. These are the reasons that we've we've the conclusions that we've come to. And this is it's like it would be all transparent and all there and they would decide and they also wouldn't ban. It wouldn't be like you're banned for saying the thing. It would just be like, well, right you're going to get the misinformation label because it's misinformation based on our process, which is public and everyone can go look at the process for this thing. Um, I actually think it's quite an interesting idea and I've not heard it before. Right. It's definitely better than the system out there right now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I, I think after the past few years and the fact checkers and the just, I mean, the insanity we've been living through. Like, now I'm very wary of anybody deciding. 
what is and isn't misinformation. Yeah, but what I but I I agree with that, and that that's my that's been my default stance of like I'm mm-hmm. a little wary. But on the flip side, um, you know, someone is going to decide. Well, right. or a mob, mm-hmm. like, and if if you're in a position like Elon is to be that person, right. instead of shirking that responsibility and saying, well, I'm going to let the mob decide because who am I? His argument is like, you should step into that and say, I who I am is the owner of Twitter. That's who I am. And I'm going to be transparent about it right? so that it's not, you know, there's nothing underhanded. This is what I'm doing. This is why. Now mm-hmm. you understand the platform. I like the honesty inherent in that. Um, and I'm sure I wouldn't like any, I might not like always the conclusions, although I imagine that if the structure is really good, just the arguments will be fascinating. And if I really right. cared about one of them and I thought they were wrong, I might impassionately want to argue one of them. You're like, wait a minute, let me submit mm-hmm. an argument because about why this is wrong. Um, and if it does turn out, if, if, it, if, if Elon turns out to be the equivalent of a radical lefty and it's a postmodernist, uh, you know, platform. At least we know, and it's very clear. Right. And there's no like, okay, fine. Like, we'll go somewhere else. That's fine. It's not, we're not at the whims of the mob. We know it's it's um it's not objective truth in the in the sense that a lot of people use it, where it's like a lot of people use the word objective truth to mean something outside of reality somehow makes this true. Like, oh, that's true. Like, that's not how objective truth works. It's an objective process. It's like right. anyone can analyze it and use their reason and go like, yeah, this is a debatable, like, there's there's real rational arguments here. It's not based on, like, why was I banned? I don't know. Right. <laughs> like, it's transparent. Um, yeah. I mean, it's definitely more back to, I mean, truly classic philosophers, how they came up with their ideas is they would form an idea or an argument and then they would go argue it with people and if somebody broke through their idea they'd go back and work on it come back again and that's how we got some of the great ideas that have been around since ancient greece is because that's how they did it it wasn't just here's my idea and now all of you are wrong which is seems to be how we do things now yeah, although I mean, so no, someone in chat says uh, how we all decide for them ourselves. Well, ultimately, we do all decide for ourselves, right? We ultimately do that. But I think he makes a really good point. Like I would, I'll speak for myself. I would rather have a platform in which the well, I don't want censorship on the platform. Okay, so that's out the window. But assuming there's a misinformation label that goes somewhere. Um, I would rather have a misinformation misinformation label um, as a result of a transparent process that I could actually participate in if I wanted to, where there was a judge at Twitter and there was an escalation path and this was the rule and the rule is very transparent and we all understood what it was and that's what caused the label. Uh, I think that would be better than letting the mob that's on Twitter mm-hmm. elevate to you know, de facto truth status stuff that they agree with, which is what right. would happen. Um, which is what does yeah. happen. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, I'm the same. I wish we could just all decide for ourselves, but I think that that time on the internet has passed where it's just the wild west and we truly can post anything and everybody can make their own decision. I, I just don't see that coming back the way it used to be. So there's going to be a level of identifying misinformation for the masses. And yeah, as long as there's a more fair process, non-biased and not just, Oh, well, this is, this is false because this organization said so. Yeah. I mean, like we have to have something and that's the best option I've heard. Yeah, I mean his he his comparison is to the court system, right? So you mm-hmm. could like you basically open a case right about a particular thing and like it's like I said it's all transparent and whatever. And you know, uh and this is where I might disagree with some people in chat. So Ross says the mob consists of individuals, we should trust us. I don't. I mean, maybe some of you that are watching are all about democracy and trusting the mob. I don't. I think they make poor decisions generally. Uh I think they democracy is the it was meant to be the means to an end and that end was the protection of individual rights and the preservation of individual rights but like the founding fathers uh i recognize that, that it can be democracy can be tyranny of the the mob and it can be terrifying and it has led to a destruction of individual rights in the united mm-hmm. states in many ways so the mob is i don't trust the mob at all uh i don't trust individuals on mass i trust them to make the decisions for themselves in their own lives because it's none of my business and those are their decisions and they matter to them the most but i don't just trust them to make uh broad decisions like that they don't they shouldn't they can't because they're easily swayed we know how easily swayed the mob is i mean Uh that's why advertising dollars exist (laughs) that's why that's why that's why these things work Right. That's why disinformation campaigns and information campaigns work. That's why mm-hmm. propaganda works. That's why sometimes you get, you know, in these states, <clears throat> sometimes like in Colorado, you had outside money come in, massively influence the election to turn Colorado blue. Mm-hmm. It was just it was just, it was just ads. Right? right. It wasn't it wasn't argument. So. Well, and I mean, democracy is, first of all, why wildly misused, like, like people use it in a way that it's not actually what it means, but uh, okay, whatever. Our, like the founding fathers, he really went out of their way to try to create a system that prevented the tyranny of the majority, which is what flat out democracy leads to. That is the mob. The bigger group wins. And the other, everyone with a dissenting opinion has no say anymore. And that's, that's certainly not a fair way to run a country. Right. You and know? I, and I, I agree with you. And one of the, I think one of the biggest disservices to the founding of this country has been how our leaders have talked about democracy being the cornerstone of Americanism and America's success. Mm-hmm. And that was not the cornerstone of America's success. The, the Our founding documents recognized individual rights and the role of the government in protecting those rights. And that was what was unique. It was the limitation on the government. It was the fact that the mob can't vote to do things, right? right. Like 
talk, talk the, if you could talk to the founding fathers, you'd be like, well, can the mob vote to remove second amendment rights? No, the mob can't, mm -hmm. they cannot. Uh, and the mob could be convinced to do it, but they shouldn't be allowed to. So, I mean, the founding fathers were all about guardrails for democracy. Like how do we make sure democracy doesn't get out of control because it is just a different form of tyranny. Um, you know, and that, Right, you know, it lasted pretty well for a while. Just here we are. <sighs> yeah. All right. Um, anyway, I thought it was an interesting article. I recommend I will put a link to it in the uh, chat if anyone wants to. Um, yeah. Yes. Someone said, oh, Ross again says that has more to do with miseducating the people than with their bad choices. Well, but if they're miseducated, then that's, that's how the bad mob. choices happen. Yeah, right. like that. Though you can't, and you can't, you can't say, "Well, people are miseducated. That's why they make bad choices." Yeah, of course, sometimes, but they're always going to be miseducated. So leaving it up to the mob leads to witch burning and bad choices. Like that's what happens. Uh, mm -hmm. You get a lot of tribal horrible behavior. There is no example in all of history where uh, a pure democracy voted for the smartest thing that was best for them. That was like the individual rights. Like that just doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like. They didn't absolutely it just doesn't happen america wasn't founded by you know a, a, a this nice democratic vote it was guys with guns kicked the british out and then they sat in a room and wrote a well they wrote a, <laughs> right. other documents before the constitution but like you know yeah but they didn't have ak's carter they just had muskets right. okay <laughs> ross ross is really upset with this who's to say what's best for them that's my point no one is. They can mm -hmm. say what's best for them as an individual level, but what they can't do is violate individual rights of other people. And if you let the mob do whatever, they will violate rights of individual people, and that is wrong. That's what individualism is. You have a right. You have you have a right to life. The mob can't enslave you. Morally. Right. <laughs> but they will. That You get slavery. You want to do that, you'll get slavery. And the founding fathers knew that. Okay. I don't this 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 misplaced like trust in the mob is not going to help you. I don't I don't know how you could ever see a mob and say, "Oh, they make good decisions." <laughs> the mob votes, right? That's the problem. The mob votes. That's why there's an electoral college, and they didn't used to vote for senate either. The founding fathers were terrified of the mob. I don't know the solution exactly. I'm not on the Curtis Yarvin, uh, we should have a monarchy bandwagon, but. You know. <laughs> no, I don't think that one's. I understand the sentiment. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, let's move on. We can keep arguing with chat. It's not going to work. Okay. <sighs> All right. That was my Curtis Yarvin article. Do you have more stuff about Twitter? Or are we. I have good one. If I can. I think I like. Un I, I saved it on Telegram and then I unsaved it by accident. I know it's here. Oh. Oh, okay. It was. Oh, I know where it is. Um, basically, it was an exchange kind of between LeBron James and Elon. Let's see. There we go. Let's do it this way.
Boom. Okay, shared. Let's. I made it worse. Okay. <laughs> All right, it's a learning <laughs> experience. There we go. Okay, so LeBron said, um, I don't know Elon Musk, and to be honest, I could care less who owns Twitter, but I will say that if this is true, I hope he and his people take this very seriously because this is scary. So many damn unfit people saying hate spe speech is free speech. It is. Free speech covers yeah. hate speech. Sorry. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. LeBron. But uh, in response to Phil Lewis saying... Elon Musk's Twitter takeover sparked a surge in the use of the N-word on the social media platform. A social media research group told the Washington Post the use of the slur increased by 500%. Okay. All right. All right. And then... I have a theory anyway. Even if that's true, <laughs> and, <but okay>. Yes. <laughs> Here's Elon replies with just a quote tweet, which is nearly all of these accounts are inauthentic. We've taken action to ban the users involved in this trolling campaign and are going to continue working to address this in the days to come to make Twitter safe and welcoming for everyone. So shockingly, an increase in by 500% of accounts just suddenly just like screaming the N-word all over Twitter was uh, probably a bot farm. Gee, I wonder who would have an incentive to do that. Right. Who would, who would want their sudden, I mean, it's just so obvious. Elon takes over and suddenly the N word, like, yeah, because mm -hmm. he took over and they're like, see, look how bad it is. All right. Yeah. Right. You know, also, I'm just throwing this out there. It's Twitter is a program that, you know, has an interface with we use, uh, it would not be very hard to just make it impossible to tweet that word. Right. Like if and of course people would do it. Right. I mean, I didn't want to tweet that word, but I did think about like going on Twitter and just saying like, uh, like quoting Megan Murphy, like men aren't women though. Like that's what she got banned for. Just like uh -huh. throwing stuff out there that I'm like, oh, I mean, that's not one I want to say so <laughs> it wasn't in my list of things to say but i was like i was like oh maybe i should just go out and say some stuff and you know because you can't right? right um so certainly people were like even normies like us were like me at least I, certainly we were thinking about oh in celebration let's just go say something controversial right quote, controversial mm -hmm. right but i think the i think the n-word actually comes i look i won't conspiracy theorists i can't Prove this. I think it just comes from lefties who are pissed off at Elon. Like that's all it is. Oh, absolutely. It's, I mean, that's just, what I said. Probably Twitter when employees. I first saw that. I was like, <laughs> look, it's either a 13-year-old gamer who's losing his match or a bot. Because I really just I I could be wrong. I will admit this, but I really don't see just tons of people all over the country that are just like holding it in all the time. And they're like, I can finally say it. And, you know, I, <laughs> and anyway, I mean, Twitter hasn't changed anything quite yet. Yeah. He owns it, but I'm pretty sure you can There's still no get suspended for that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of his big concerns is bots. Right. So I'm sure he'll go after them. So yeah. <laughs> Trolls. Trolls are going to show up on Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, this can this can link to the next story that I do want to talk about. Although Perfect. we've already gone for an hour, we were trying to do limit, but I'm gonna. Oh wait, here, Keith the Hack guy says, 
Uh, I'll put him up. He says, free speech, a free speech only applies to quill ink pens on parchment paper and broadside printing. <laughs> Same reason, AR-15s aren't covered in the Second Amendment. It's about muskets. Fair right. enough, Keith. <laughs> yeah, good, great enough. point, Keith. Keith teaches our, uh, teaches, hosts Rebel Civics and teaches Rebel Civics Academy. So, uh, <laughs> yes, that's a joke. Um, <laughs> Elon also got in trouble for tweeting something and then deleting it with respect to Pelosi. And I know some people in chat want to talk about Pelosi. Okay. Um, I, by the way, I, I'm sorry. I got to pick on Ross. Ross is the guy picking on me about mobs. And then he's like, <laughs> spot on, Keith. The only reason that the Second Amendment works is that the mob can't vote it away. Most people would vote it away. Most right? people would not be on your side. And so if you didn't restrict the mob, you would lose the Second Amendment. Um, all right, I'm gonna stop picking on you because we're not gonna, we can't actually make progress in a conversation over <laughs> chats. Um, so I'll stop. I'm sorry. I it's unfair because I can say long things and all you can do is make a little chat. Uh, so he tweeted out, so okay, everyone knows about Pelosi's husband's uh assault against him over mm -hmm. on Friday night, I think it was Friday night at two in the morning or something. Um, and Hillary. So, so the narrative immediately went to. Okay, wait. Well, I don't even to back up. When something like this happens, if you find yourself immediately blaming one political side and not the other, unless the guy's wearing like, I am an Antifa <laughs> person, blah 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 blah, or like I am MAGA, like unless it's so painfully obvious, shut up about his motivations. You don't know his motivations. Just be quiet. You don't have to take your your hot takes aren't relevant. We don't need to hear about them. Shut up and get there's there's only like there's a few pieces of real data that matter. Video footage, mm -hmm. 911 calls, like stuff that's primary source material, you know, and then and then maybe you can maybe he wrote a manifesto or whatever. So and there's been a little bit of that coming out with this, but still right away there was just been from the mainstream left was just He's a MAGA guy. He's a MAGA guy who was after Nancy. Maybe he was after Nancy. MAGA guy is after Nancy. That's what happened. End of story. And it's because of red. I mean, of course, Hillary Clinton made some comment on Twitter. It's because of the rhetoric, right? It's uh -huh. because um, it's because of rhetoric. Uh, yeah. Um, so that was that was her comment. Uh, and Elon responded to her uh, -huh. uh by the way uh hillary was like it was because of resident <laughs> because of of rhetoric i don't know how christopher stevens family thought about that but okay thank thank you <laughs> thank you queen of the new slave trade in libya so um <laughs> oh ross says two dudes one hammer that's sick yeah. and hilarious. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, the guy, he gets attacked with a hammer. Hillary blames rhetoric. Elon tweets a link to an article from uh, what the mainstream media is saying, a questionable site, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know. I didn't look at the site. I did. I did actually. I read the art. I looked at the, I looked at that article, but I didn't look at the rest of the site. And that article uh, started out with 
a an admission that this was just a theory. Mm-hmm. The person said, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, this is what could have happened and launches into a theory. And the theory was that this dude was a gay prostitute and that Nancy Pelosi's husband was was engaged in an affair with him and they had gone home together at 2 a.m. And then I'm not exactly sure how an altercation. Oh, and and it claimed that the hammer that the guy used to attack Paul Pelosi wasn't he didn't bring it with him. It was it was Paul Pelosi's hammer. And um, this was the argument and that this was right. all trying to cover it up. And it was a theory and it was thrown out and or it was thrown out there, written out there in, in, in the Internet. And um, there were some claims that like he was in his underwear. There were like the guy was in his underwear and um, all this kind of stuff. Right. But Elon tweets this back to her and says, well, maybe there's there, there's a he think he says there's a small chance. There's a small chance that there's something else going on here. Right. He ends up uh, deleting it because he was attacked for this. What was called baseless and uh, you know, baseless misinformation, blah, 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 blah. Now. I'm not I don't know what was going on. It was presented. This argument was presented as a theory anyway, and and kind of presented as like, I'm just spitballing here. That's how it was presented. So fine. It wasn't entirely baseless. Uh, the 911 tape has or the dispatch stuff has come out. And like. Paul Pelosi did know the guy's name. And he said, said they were friends. He's a friend. He's- yeah. Yeah. So Certainly that's didn't sound weird. in fear of his life in any way. Well, but he did call 911. Uh-huh. So, like, and look, let's, the one thing that we, it's probably this guy is crazy. Okay. Like, this probably guy has mental problems. He beat someone with a hammer. So we can, that, that's some evidence we can say this guy's probably screwed up. Right. Um, But exactly what was going on is is kind of unclear there's there is it's not zero it's not a completely baseless thing the guy is a the guy is actually a nudist from berkeley with like lgbtq flags over his house but we're also told that he had a lot of quote right wing i'm gonna put that in quotes political views because some of them that were listed as right wing were like he was not bought into the COVID narrative which is right. not a completely right-wing thing, but could be. Um, and so, and he was apparently yelling, like, where's Nancy or whatever. So it could be that this guy has a bunch of political beliefs that are the, the, the product of a crazy mind, and some of the stuff is right-wing, and some of it is left-wing, and it's all over the place. It uh-huh. could be that he was a MAGA dude. It could be that he was a lefty. It could be not political at all. I don't know. I don't think anyone really knows. But Elon was shamed for saying there's a small possibility that something else is going on here. Um, what do you think about the reaction to that? Because it's in one case, you could say it's irresponsible to be sharing that theory. The flip side is he did say it was a small chance. It does say that it's kind of a spitballing theory right in the article. So are you not allowed to spitball? Well... Not if it goes against the narrative. 
There'll be no spitballing here. Um, I think there's nothing wrong with him reading that, thinking, huh, that's an interesting explanation for this very bizarre story that they've given us two bits of information about, and there's so many unanswered questions that they're just not answering yet. I mean, it's a weird story. I mean, this is Nancy Pelosi's mm-hmm. husband attacked with the hammer by a naked guy at 2 a.m. Is taken to the hospital, but, it, it, you know, they say he's going to be fine. Like, well, how do you get attacked by a, with a hammer and, like, you're fine? That's impressive because he's an elderly gentleman here, I guess. Um, there's just so many weird things about this. And the statement she released was three sentences long. It's very weird. So, you know, in those cases, yeah, people are going to look for explanations of what on earth is happening here. I think that's fine. I think it's fine for Elon to post that link and say, whoa, this is weird. I read this. Hmm. Now, when I saw his tweet to Hillary Clinton, I was like, can you just not? (laughs) Elon, you're trying to do good things for the world right now. Yeah, Um, he should not be subtweeting Hillary Clinton. Yeah, yeah, like stay out of a single car, like cars by yourself and you know, one engine airplanes or whatever. <laughs> Have a drone follow you around at all times, uploading to like yeah. a live cam. Stay away from the Clintons, dude. <laughs> like, just yeah. not right now. But um, also, look, I think I will just as a, as the chief twit. He's not the he's not calling himself the CEO, CEO, but as the chief twit, I think right now it would be it's stupid of him to to jump in the fray over like uh-huh. controversial news breaking topics because facts will change and things will come out and everything he says will be used against him. If he wants uh-huh. to build Twitter into a platform people trust, he needs to just like he just needs to be quiet right now about that kind of stuff and build the platform because it's going to be used against him. Right. It will, although I mean in a flip side of that, say it comes out that like nothing in that article was true at all and he just was misled by somebody else spitballing. Then, then he has even more of an argument for like, look, we have to let people put stuff out there, even if it turns out to be wrong later. Sure. No, I mean, I, I don't disagree with that. I'm just like from a tactical perspective. Yeah. It'll be used against him and be like, oh, you subtweeted this misinformation. It's like, all right. Like, uh-huh. Or, you know, are you, you shared this on Twitter. I... <sighs> The mainstream, though, has been 100% like convinced this guy is. It's he's a MAGA guy. He did it. He broke in. This is the other thing that I find weird. They have a nice house in San Francisco. They have plenty of security cameras in San Francisco. Now, I'm sure this is one of those stories where, if depending on what side you're on, you could make all the facts fit your side. Like right. You could be like, well, he was Paul was up in at two a.m. doing something because he's a hard worker and blah 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 blah, and he happened to have a hammer because he was like, I don't know. You could come up with a story there. You could certainly come up with the other story about gay prostitutes if you want to. Like, right. you, could, you could do you could weave that narrative, uh-huh. but um, but I do find like it is it is weird. And the police were there during the attack. They they came because. 
Paul called 911, left the phone there, like surreptitiously, like let it, I think it was surreptitious, or maybe the guy knew, but didn't know it was 911, I don't know. Uh Left the phone there, and like, you know, they did a wellness call because the dispatcher was concerned about what she was hearing from Uh the phone, right? So the cops came in, and that's when the, a struggle over the hammer ensued, and he was whacked with the hammer a couple times. Right. I guess. Um, yeah. G Man says the Pelosi home uses the same security cams as Epstein's jail cell. <laughs> Do the Clintons own a security camera system? They. I would be surprised. Oh, that, that would be. Why are they not in that business? It seems Don't like give a natural fit. Them any ideas? Oh my gosh. <laughs> So this is misinformation in two in two regards. One is it is the assertion that he's definitely a MAGA person, and that's that's quote the science. That's the science. The science is that he's a MAGA person, and and that this other theory is baseless. Right now, there's certainly some wild claims in the other theory, some of which may be baseless, but some of the claims are based on something that is real because. I read it, and there were some claims based on some things that are not disputed that are real. So uh-huh. it's not entirely baseless. It is a narrative. Could be wrong. Not entirely baseless. You know what would help? Um, unfounded claims not spread all over the internet. Releasing all the information. Right. They Like, this happened Saturday night into Sunday, correct? I think. I thought it was like, Friday night. Friday night. I know it was weekend yeah okay so either way they've had a lot of time to gather surveillance footage uh body cam footage 911 calls all of this stuff like if this is exactly what happened as it was told to the public there's really no reason we wouldn't have all of that information and when they do this kind of thing, like they tell you what happened, they don't back it up, and then they flip out about any, you know, speculation about it. It just feels like they're crafting a narrative. They're absolutely crafting a narrative. Right. And I mean, it it goes without saying that an 80-year-old man getting beaten with a hammer is not good no matter what the narrative is. Like, that's a horrible thing. And I'm like... I don't have to like the Pelosi's to feel bad for him getting whacked in the head with the hammer, but right. The the narrative does matter here because it's, it was immediately politicized. Um, so, well, right, well, that I mean, okay, so it's this isn't the first time. Oh, um, thank you, that, Richard. That, thank you. Uh, that something happens to somebody on the left and the assumption is immediately that it's some crazy far right person that attacked them. Um, I would, I, they do this a lot where, I mean that if, if somebody attacked a, somebody on the right, you could guess that that was it, or it could just be somebody that's got a mental health problem that has nothing to do with politics. Um, it could or, be a guy know, who routinely runs the streets of San Francisco naked and right. has a mental health problem. Right. I mean, it's just 
it's one of those, I mean, it's so, they do it with police shootings. They did it with the Jesse case in Chicago. I mean, they just, they take this much information and they run with it. And then there's no reeling any of that back in later. Right. And it's just it's just so irresponsible of the media to like do that. It's one thing for people online to just say what they want to say, but for the media to run with these like little bits of information, craft a narrative, and then refuse to ever acknowledge anything that comes out that debunks it. I mean, like Jesse, his yeah. story was ridiculous from the moment I read it. And I think most people with half a brain could be like, what? Of course. <laughs> None yeah. of that makes sense. Nobody even knows who you are. So I guarantee you two MAGA hat wearing guys didn't do any of the things you just said they did. But it took months to truly debunk that entirely. And then in the court of law, and it shouldn't have. The media, if they had an ounce of integrity, they would have questioned that immediately. And we should be questioning this one. Like the media should be demanding. Okay. Well, that, you know, you're saying this stuff happened. Surely you have cameras or your neighbors do. Surely the police have body cameras on. And there's enough, there's enough just in the facts that it can be adequately sensational for them if they want. And they can, I mean, it's a big deal that Mm -hmm. speaker of the house's husband was attacked. Like that's a fact and it's a big deal. So, right. And, and there is some information that, you know, is 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 uh, sensational enough. You don't need to make up everything. You don't need to make up that he's a MAGA person, definitely, and link this immediately. But I mean, Hillary does because that's what she does. But uh, oh, yeah. Hillary! <sighs> Can I? I know we're like way over, but there's still that's one okay. more thing. I, I just I want to recommend an article to people. Okay. I want to recommend an article to people. Um. I already recommended the the um Curtis Yarvin article. I want to re- I want to recommend a different one. This is from the Intercept. Uh and you could see I don't know if you saw DHS leaks was trending on Twitter. Um uh-huh. This is a really interesting article uh in the Intercept. And it is about the it's it's long. I'm not going to walk through it. But it's about uh, it's called Truth Cops, and it's about the the DHS's concerted effort to uh, control information and to manage. It, it basically the the war on terror, as you know, DHS was was founded in response to nine eleven, as in it, and the justification for it, uh, of course, was. Oh my God, the terrorists! Uh, mm-hmm. This is why we need it. And of course, a lot of conservatives are like, "Yeah, yeah, get the terrorists." <sighs> here we are. Guess who's the terrorists now? Conservatives. Uh, but here we are. The DHS—they ran out of stuff to do, um, and they started to shift what they were going after. And they started to shift towards uh, both domestic terrorists, but also um, it started with foreign information that might affect elections. Trump was about this. Like Trump, Trump actually expanded some of this stuff, so he's not a good guy here. Um, and uh, and then it morphed into like, well, it doesn't really matter whether it's foreign governments 
with misinformation, like anyone with misinformation, a domestic terrorist misinformation. Blah, blah, blah. So now it, the whole thing is in it. And the pinnacle of this was when you heard earlier this year, this disinformation governance board, which was dis disbanded because people complained about it. Right. Um, now, of course, their argument at the time was, oh, we need this board because actually we're already doing this stuff. And the board was there to set guide rails for how like how we do it, which is and no one went, what? You're already what? Huh? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> huh? What? Did you say that again? Uh, but this details how they have been leaning on social media platforms and tech companies to uh, provide them with the disinformation, I'm putting in quotes, mitigation services that they request. There's texts from between like some of these people and Microsoft here. Here's an example. Um, this is a text from Microsoft executive Matt Masterson, uh, a former DHS official, and he texts the DHS director. <laughs> so uh, platforms have got to get comfortable with government. It's really interesting how hesitant they remain. The government, and there's all these, uh, we need media, here's a, uh, a meeting between Twitter execs and J.P. Morgan Chase and the U.S. government. I wonder if it was just a World Economic Forum meeting. Uh, <laughs> stressed that, quote, we need a media infrastructure that's held accountable, blah, 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 blah. And they send out these emails uh, requesting things. And there's a page here. I should show you this page. Oh, uh, this is great. This is, here's this Facebook page, facebook.com slash x takedown slash login. If you are a government official, you can log into this page and request that they take things down. Uh, you can you can submit anyone. You have to have a government email address, so uh, we can't do it. But you can you can get into here and you can, uh, yeah, you can request that they they take things down. Uh, one of my favorite quotes in here. Uh, this is one of my favorite quotes. <clears throat> this is. I, this is just a beautiful, it's a beautifully dark dystopian quote. Jen Easterly, Biden's appointed director of CISA, which is their, I don't know, countering, uh, what is it? I don't know, some cybersecurity thing, uh -huh. uh, swiftly made it clear that she would continue to shift resources in the agency to combat the spread of dangerous forms of information on social media. Quote, one could argue... <laughs> Oh, could one now? One could argue we're in the business of critical infrastructure. One has argued that. I've heard that from politicians. We need to protect our infrastructure. And the most critical infrastructure is, what do you think it is? Without reading. The grid. This is, this is so Orwellian. She's right about this, but it is so Orwellian. The most critical infrastructure is our cognitive infrastructure. Oh my gosh. Your brains Ugh. are our most, how you think is our most critical infrastructure. So building that resilience to misinformation and disinformation, I think is incredibly important. I'm, I'm sure it is incredibly important to you that uh, the, the country's cognitive infrastructure is aligned with your agenda. There's other quotes in here. CISA's goal is to make platforms more responsive to their suggestions. So this is uh, this is the function that should never be any government's function ever, which is 
and no agency's government function should ever be people need to like us. Like that is the exact opposite of what should be. I'm like, <laughs> no, no, that's not part of your budget. You don't get to advocate for yourselves. That that should not be, that's not a valid function of government to make sure people like us, but that's theirs. Um, in fact, here's a Biden statement. You guys, everyone loves Biden. Um, let me let me find it. Uh, national. Here we go. Biden also prioritized such efforts because Trump did this stuff too. They talked about both. Uh, last year, the Biden administration released the first national strategy for countering domestic terrorism. The strategy identified a quote broader priority. The first thing on the list: enhancing faith in. Pick your deity. Government. Faith in government. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you need. Uh, I, I, if Does anyone, I'm curious, does anyone in our chat need it explained to them why the government should not be in the business of enhancing faith in itself? Does that, does that need explanation from, like, does anyone need explanation for that? Uh Anyway, it's a good. So this is a long article. It's good because you see the whole um, inevitability of this, which is you got a government agency. They're tasked with one particular thing. That thing kind of falls, kind of gets solved. I mean, ISIS gets defeated and bin Laden's dead and they need something else to do. So they latch on to the next thing and then they redefine stuff. And now your brain is part of the infrastructure and Hey, and like misinformation is terrorism. And like the whole thing, you can see it. You can see the, the monstrous transformation, the metamorphosis of the, of the government bureaucracy from this, like, Hey, we need this thing because terrorism to, uh, hey, your brain is critical infrastructure, and we don't want wouldn't want any misinformation getting in there, would we? Oh my gosh, I know it's Halloween, but geez, Carter, <laughs> that was terrifying. It's bad, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very scary. When the government starts worrying about what you think in your head, we have, I mean, we have already had serious problems. But we have a really big problem, guys. Yeah. Elvac in Rumble says, I was against DHS the moment its formation was announced. Okay. Yeah, me too, buddy. Um, but it was a hard time to be against it because so many people, uh, so many people were just so terrified of the 9-11 stuff that they were like, this can never happen again. And, uh, you know, like everything, the, the answer is never to defund the organizations that missed it or screwed up or maybe caused problems like funding bin laden and training him how to do this for years cia <clears throat> uh <laughs> instead of defunding those organizations the the answer is always we need another layer of more organization and more more bloat and more of the same thing and and people bought it um and it was hard to argue against at the time because so many people were you know you're a terrorist supporter if you didn't like the dhs um but absolutely uh Dumb idea. By the way, the other thing that they are doing, uh, just just so you notice, um, they conflate two things, and this is pretty. It's pretty easy to miss if you're not paying attention. Um, you can be a supporter of government as such. For example, you could say, 
I want a limited constitutional government that has the powers that were circumscribed only in the original formation of America. And, uh, and that's what, that's the kind of government I want. That puts you at odds with the vast majority of departments in the executive branch. Most of the departments, mm -hmm. um, just you're at, you're at odds with their very existence, but you're not anti the government as such. You're, right. You're pro a particular kind of government. You just don't like all these other things. What they've conflated is if you are opposed to one of the appendages of government, you are opposed to government, which now makes you an anarchist, which makes you a domestic terrorist, and therefore they can do whatever they want to you. That's where this is. That's where this has come. This is, I think it's almost, I think it's there. I was going to say this is where it's going. Right. I think it's there, right? So if you say, I don't think we should have DHS. We should dismantle and, disfund and and defund the DHS. It shouldn't be a thing. You're now anti-government because you don't have faith in government. We shouldn't have the FDA. You don't have faith in government, right? So they've they've conflated this idea of faith in a government with faith in this particular like giant swamp thing that's right. that's sitting on top of the DC. It's, oh my god! I mean, just. Yeah, because the people are the ones that give the government the power until the scale tips and then the government has more power than we can fight back against in a civil manner, I guess. Um, yeah, it's so overgrown. It's got its fingers in so many things it has absolutely no right to. I mean, they have definitely tricked a lot of people into handing their rights over on a silver platter like the patriot act yep. um but yeah again when they start talking like you can't criticize the government without being you know on a watch list you can't even go to a school board meeting mm -hmm. without being on a like i mean right like right i mean hey, the how many parents voted for this how many liked the idea of the dhs and here you are at a school board meeting <laughs> Right. I mean, Welcome yeah. to the consequences of your voting patterns. Absolutely. I mean, very true. But I mean, I look at it, I'm like, okay, the FBI turning on parents at school board meetings that are not making any kind of threat. They're just heated. Um, what recourse do we have other than wait for the next election and hope the people that will do something about it are elected and then do what they were elected to do. I mean, that's not a very good option for anybody. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember a time that's ever happened, but this election, <laughs> it will definitely now happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> this Gosh. time, this time it'll work. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why I think I'm, that's one of the things just to circle back. That's one of the things that's interesting to me about the Curtis Yarvin article, because it's this thinking about how do we, this is not an argument about who to vote for or what to do government wise. It's an argument about like someone needs to pick people need to start stepping up and saying, yeah, I, you should be allowed to speak stuff, mm -hmm. but I'm declaring by my own judgment, what's true. And if you run a platform, you can still do that. Right. <laughs> Anything you do, you can say, if you run a company, you can say, no, look, this is this is it. This is what I'm declaring. 
Mm-hmm. Like that's okay. And I and I think we all are afraid of being uh tyrants, like little tyrants, because it seems kind of tyrannical to do that. I mean, I've I it's an issue that I've struggled with is like I never I'm always too much wanting a committee and like not wanting to piss anyone off and like it's it's not a good leadership quality. Um, but I like I think we need, you know, people need to grow a pair and step up and say, look, I'm I'm in charge of this and mm-hmm. These are the parameters of the discussion. And if you don't like it, move on. Because the left does that, but they do it in a smarmy way where they're pretending that that's not what they're doing. Right. Um, <laughs> and so if you stand up and say, I'm just going to let free speech happen and I don't really have an opinion. Mm-hmm. First of all, that's not true. You do. And second of all, well, the left wins because they're in control of the narrative. Right. So Richard Pett says, Everything looks like a nail to the left. Maybe hammer, hammer envy in this case. He's talking. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, wait, we have one more super chat I want to pull up. Another one from Richard Pett says, my cognitive infrastructure has multiple firewalls plus a moat filled with crocodiles. That's the thing. If you'll notice, she didn't consider it your cognitive infrastructure. <laughs> it's hers. It's the government, not hers. It's for the good of the people, right? It's the it's collectivism applied to your brain. You're you are not an individual mind. You are part. I mean, but by the way, what a great example of collectivism. You're not an individual mind. You're not an individual citizen. You are part of the cognitive infrastructure. You're a node on the cognitive infrastructure. Which, by the way, I get could just be metaphorical and is an apt metaphor. But the fact that the government thinks about it that way and they think that they have jurisdiction and should have jurisdiction over the cognitive infrastructure that that's their purview should frighten the hell out of you. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, we've seen this happening. They just put words to it. I mean, think about all of the doctors that questioned the narrative on COVID or this environmental scientists and geologists and meteorologists that have questioned the uh climate change stuff they get shut down kicked out of academia or whatever they're in and like booted and so they're no longer in the government controlled (laughs) cognitive infrastructure which is going to spread only the right ideas to the rest of the population we've been seeing it happening um and i think they obviously they know that the only way to prevent anyone disrupting that is to silence them on social media. Because what else are you going to do? Go stand in the middle of your downtown area on a box and with a bullhorn and just yell about things? Well, they do have other ideas as well, though, uh, and those involve ESG oh. and mm. and rolling this out so that uh, you can't <laughs> you can't function. I, every time I think about ESG, I just wonder if you can start out with a negative score because <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure you can. Like, I'm sure by the time my youngest grows up, actually, mm-hmm. my even my oldest, by the time she's 18, if there's if there's some kind of ESG score, they'll be like, "You're whose child?" Oh, Uh-oh. yeah, you've you've got a deficit, girl. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Day one, you're def- you're in a deficit. 
Right. You're unhirable and right. no one will ever write you anything for the exactly. rest of you. Oh, but you yeah. don't, no one owns anything either. So here's a list um, of things you can do to get to zero. <laughs> and the first one is renounce your father. Right. Um, yeah. That, yeah. Pledge your love to the party. <laughs> That's right. <sighs> we, we laugh because otherwise we cry. Right, or like otherwise, you end up the guy on a box in the middle of downtown, with, screaming with a cardboard sign that the world is ending. I mean, there, there are right. only two options here. <laughs> yeah, but we do need to build. I think we need to build a parallel. Uh, I think we need to be build a parallel uh, knowledge system, mm -hmm. just like Alex Epstein talked about in Fossil Future. There's this knowledge system that's mainstream. I think we need a parallel knowledge system and it needs to be vetted. It needs to be better. It can't be yes. someone said a thing and it's against the, the libs. So therefore we take it as fact. It's got to be vetted and real and be like, mm -hmm. yep, this is a better, this is a better system. Um, yep. Can you imagine how wonderful it would be to just be able to go and access all of that information in one place? I know. I know. Instead of chasing people around social media. By the way, it's really hard to even look into this. I tried to look at um, Elon's original tweet so mm -hmm. that I could find the article. And I ended up going to just archive.org because mm -hmm. his tweet was there. But that was even not super easy because getting a link to his tweet, no one, none of the mainstream articles linked to his tweet. None of them linked to the original article. They just said it was a debunked article that was baseless. Right. They said he tweeted, but they didn't link to his tweet. I found, I finally found one. It took me like 30 minutes to find the like searching to find mm -hmm. an article that had the link to his tweet. No one linked to the article to his tweet. And then his tweet listed the article. And then I was like, uh -huh. okay. Um, but it was, uh, it's not, they don't make primary source material easy. Why would that be? Uh, also, no, why make it no, so no. hard to look at a debunked article? Right, right. You know? If I wrote a, if I wrote a scribe that said like, if I, if I had a big argument about how two plus two was eight or five, and it was a bunch of bad math and obviously stupid stuff. They wouldn't feel the need. And, and for some reason, it was related to mainstream news. They wouldn't feel the need to not link to the site. They would be like, this guy's crazy. Look, right. and they would link to the site. Exactly. They wouldn't be like, this guy has a crazy site, which we're not linking to or mentioning at all. Mm -hmm. like, are you scared of those arguments? Richard Pett says things are actually looking up here in Canada, mostly in Alberta with the new premiere. She has said out loud that they will challenge Ottawa and go their own way, hopefully, if still holding my breath. Good luck, ma'am. I don't know. All right, we um, failed. I failed. <laughs> no. I, we could have stopped at an hour and I pushed us, but I, I wanted to talk about the DHS thing. Anything yeah, we else needed we need to, to do? No. Well, no. I'm, I'm not going to even like go down this road, but just everybody... Keep an ear out for the whole Black Sea grain shipment thing because that is a powder keg about to blow. Uh, mm. Quick story. Ukraine sabotaged some of Russia's fleet in the Black Sea. So Russia pulled out of a EU deal that was allowing grain shipments to pass through the Black Sea to get to the rest of the world. 
uh, the UK, the US, all of the EU absolutely flipped out that they would pull out of this because there's a lot of countries, not just in the third world, that are re relying on grain getting through the Black Sea. And today, I believe Turkey and Ukraine both sent ships out, even though Russia has pulled out of that deal. So basically, Russia said, we won't attack ships that are carrying grain. They've now said, never mind, because you attacked us. We're not going to play nice anymore. And Ukraine and Turkey both sent ships out. So I don't know. It's a very tense situation. Uh, the fact that UN, the EU, the US, the UK, everybody is flipping out about Russia pulling out of this deal means it's probably bigger than even the most informed people realize. So, by the way, this is so, this is so typical for leftists. You can see how they don't know how to deal with it. They're used to being able to get you to agree to something. This is how they've ruined the country. They get you to agree to a compromise. Uh -huh. They don't keep up their end of the compromise. <laughs> And and they but they expect you to keep your end of the compromise up, and then they just do it again. And mm -hmm. Putin's like, actually, you didn't keep your end up, so I'm out. Right. <laughs> and they're like, oh my god, how could you be out? Because you didn't keep your end up, right. moron. That's how I'm out. That's how. Mm -hmm. They're just yeah. so unused to it. They're so they're such spoiled children. They're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yes, yes. I, but I should be able to violate the rules and still get what I want. Nope. Right. Or, you know, like in a sane world, maybe the EU and the UN and NATO in general, we would all be like, whoa, Ukraine, like, why would you do that? <laughs> Don't like that was a dumb thing to do strategically for everyone. OK, like, you know, condemn the attack that violated right. the terms of the agreement, not flip right. out that Putin's like, OK, fine. I'm not going <laughs> to. Good luck. Right. Yeah. Hope those ships yeah. make it. But you know why, by the way, you know why Ukraine probably did it? It's because they knew that the UN would back them and, and it didn't matter. Absolutely. And see, that's where it gets really sketchy because that would be a civilian vessel. Wouldn't be fair game. Um, wouldn't be the first time war was triggered by something happening to a civilian cargo vessel. It's just yeah. it's something to keep an eye on because it, it's definitely tense. It has yeah. potential, so... Yeah. All right. Whew. Well, it was a long show, but it was a fun yeah. show. Maybe we'll have yeah. a guest back next week, but this was a fun one. Yeah. Um, happy Halloween, Juliet. Happy Halloween, Carter and chat. Enjoy your candy, everyone in chat. And and you, Juliet, I, as you march around and uh, you're going to do a costume. Well, I don't know if you saw my costume Friday. I no, had, I didn't. I had hold on. I think I can make it uh -oh. work. Hold on. Two seconds. <sighs> I don't do <laughs> costumes anymore because I'm a I'm in the stick in, I'm a stick in the mud. This is not my thing. Although I do like Halloween. It's a fun holiday. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't that know if that's awesome. Age appropriate for five year olds. <laughs> well, I swore on this, so it doesn't matter. Oh, but you're five year. Oh, yeah, five year olds. Year. Yeah, they're like leopards this year. They don't know. They're just gonna be like, it's a president. They don't. Like what? Who's that That's an excellent guy? costume. Yeah. 
uh, for those, if we make this into a, uh, we usually make this into a podcast. For those of you listening, it's a cardboard cutout of Biden sniffing her hair that she puts behind her back. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's an excellent one. Uh, all right. Well, thank you all. Have a good um, Halloween and a good rest of the week. And uh, am I forgetting anything else, Juliet? No. I don't yes. think so. Um, you know, if we oh. forget, to, if you're looking for information on any of our shows or what the next book is, unsafespace.com. It's got it all. Yes, it does have it all. And the next book, I think, is going to be The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, but we don't know what the date is. Okay. Because I think Mr. Richard Petz in chat said he wanted to do it, <laughs> but he has not picked the date. So if he is doing it, that will be the next book, and he will tell us the date. But uh, so you can bother him and chat about that, but uh, we don't know the date yet. So anyway, <laughs> have a good one, everyone. Juliet, take Harvard. care. Bye, guys. See you later. Bye. Thanks for sticking around until the end. If you're new to Unsafe Space, check out our deep content library that includes discussions with everyone from James Lindsay to Brett Weinstein. And please consider helping to fund our work by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on a variety of social media platforms, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space Discord server, which is open to financial supporters at any level. We hope to see you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. It would be better for your health if you forgot what you just heard. That should be easy for someone of your intelligence. The following co-conspirators are hereby ordered to watch CNN. Experts agree that 87,000 new tax collectors will make inflation feel like less of a problem. I think we can agree that the FBI's track record speaks for itself. If you think about it, only government-sanctioned experts should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice courtesy. Never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake. <laughs>